Hey, entrepreneurs, this is episode 10, multi-level marketing businesses, the controversial and polarizing business type that appeals to many. Yay or nay? Let's chat about it. Entrepreneurship is a bitch, period. You may have begun your entrepreneurial journey with passion, with hope, and with fire burning in your soul because you could taste the possibilities. But you didn't consider the outside forces that affect the journey to success. Maybe you have longed to start your business and never did. Or you started a business but felt as though you didn't give it your all. You dabbled in it. Why? Because life happens. Marriage happens. Kids happen. And they can delay your ultimate success. But hold on. Don't give up yet. I'm Bree Cobb, a rebranding expert and digital marketing strategist, helping small businesses get visible, make an impact in their industries, and connect with prospects who want what they sell. I left a high-paying corporate brand management job to pursue entrepreneurship, but I didn't factor in my high-maintenance husband and my demanding children. I want to share with you the real deal about entrepreneurship. The highs, the lows, the pivots, the tears and the jeers, the stress and the mess. I've got a lot to say, so let's talk. So the topic of MLMs seems to come up quite often. And I believe it does basically because it's an opportunity for people to make money. Whether you look at this as starting a business or you look at it as you know, something that could be your side hustle so that it can supplement your income. Either way, it's an opportunity and you decide how you view it. This type of business spans different industries from fashion to cosmetics to home goods to skincare. And I mean, I became familiar with this type of business decades ago. We not say decades, that kind of, <laughs> that ages me. Years ago, I'm going to just say years ago, I think the first one I was introduced to was Mary Kay. And then, of course, there's Avon. But I, I don't know if they seem to be more validated back then and have less of a stigma associated with them versus today. I'm not sure. And I'm also not sure if it just depends on which industry. I'll be completely honest, I dabbled once. We were in the midst of a recession. I had to shut down my design business. And the opportunity to get involved in an MLM just seemed appealing at the time. I wanted additional money so that I could do some of the things I wanted to do that didn't affect the family. It didn't affect you know, the mortgage and the car payments and tuition and all those things, but it allowed me the opportunity to just go and have a little bit of fun. But beyond money, I looked at it as a way to kind of engage with more women, right? Just a reason to have people over, a reason to go to other people's homes, a reason to dine out and just have some fun and do things outside of the family. So people get involved in this type of business for various reasons. It's not always about money. Now, there are pros and cons. As with everything, MLMs generally require a relatively low entry cost. It depends on the industry. For a candle MLM, I can't imagine it being great at all. I would assume maybe a couple of hundred bucks, maybe, because of all the samples that you have to purchase. But for the fashion MLM I was involved with, that was about $2,500-$2,600 every six months because you're really purchasing the samples for a new season. But then there were other costs along the way because of conferences and just, just marketing material and just other things. But still, overall, the cost was low compared to starting a traditional business when where you have a significant amount of an investment that you have to make to get started in many cases not all there's also minimal to no overhead there's no inventory management at least not today today you have a many of the MLMs manage the um, inventory on your behalf 
You just have to place orders, right? Same thing with fulfillment. They're fulfilling the orders on your behalf. So you place the order and everything behind the scenes is taken care of, right? So the con to that is, um, or at least part of the controversy is, is it really a business though? If you are supposedly the quote unquote business owner and you're not managing inventory, you're not setting the designs, you're not determining which products are going to be sold and when, you're not management, managing the fulfillment piece, there's no quality control. Um, so people question, is it really a business if you're not doing those things? But for many, that's perfect. They don't want that stress, right? They don't want to do that. Some people, again, just want to bring in some you know, additional dollars that will help them deal with whatever they're dealing with at home um, or help them buy that vehicle or help them pay some bills, whatever it is, right? Now, the cons are two areas as I see them. One would be the monthly sales quota. Right, that could be significant depending on the industry. It could be, I think, where I was, it was the business I was with, it was about 1500 I believe, every month. Now, that's not significant in the grand scheme of things, but when you're just starting out and you're just getting your feet wet, you're just learning the, the industry, you're trying to let people know what you're doing, and then you're, you've got these sales quotas that are hitting you month to month to month to month, that could be challenging, right? And some people start purchasing things on their own and uh, things that they don't even need, depending on the business, they're purchasing things they don't need just to meet that sales quota. And then you end up getting yourself in a hole. That wasn't my case because your fashion's totally different, but I've heard that situation from, from other, um, from people that have been involved in other MLMs. You also have the pressure to leverage your network of friends and family. Now, many people shy away from that, right? Because you don't want to bother people. You don't want people to run when they see you. And that tends to happen in many cases because people look at it as, oh my God, she's going to, she or he, they're going to sell me something. I don't want to buy anything. I'm not going to their home for that show because they, I'm going to feel pressured to purchase something. Why are they sending me something else in the mail? Why are they calling me again? Oh, I'm going to avoid that call. Why? Because they're trying to get me to purchase something. So, but it's true, right? <laughs> These MLMs do really encourage you, they strongly encourage you to make a list of everybody you know. That friend from high school that you haven't touched base with in 10 years, call them anyway because they may be interested in buying from you. Better yet, they may be interested in becoming part of your bottom line, your, um, what do you call it, my downline, your downline. Meaning the way that a lot of independent consultants make more money is not just from the sales they're able to generate, but when they bring people on, they get a, they get commission basically from their downlines. And that's the other con, right? People don't like that. They're like, I don't, not only do I not want to purchase this item from you, I also am not interested in becoming part of your team. So those, those are the, those are the issues that I can really think of off the top of my head. Um, and basically with this type of business, some people are successful and some people are not. But either way, they are both equally loud about their experiences. So you may hear both sides in terms of being in favor and being opposed to this type of business. But again, the opinions are very, very strong and people either love it or hate it. So I know two people who are independent consultants with MLMs and they absolutely love them. Now, one is a friend with Stella and Dot, and she's killing it, absolutely killing it. She has a traditional corporate background, excelled in corporate, but life took her in a different direction, and she basically became that support system for her husband and kids. And she dabbled in Stella and Dot for a few years, and now it's her main thing. And like I said before, she's killing it. 
But she seems to love it more so because, yes, it's generating income, but it's more about the women that she meets along the way. Oh, by the way, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Stella and Dot, it's a um, jewelry and accessories business. So they've grown beyond just jewelry. It's jewelry, handbags, and limited um, clothing pieces. So she's a very social person. And she connects with women everywhere she goes. She is just putting herself herself out there in a major way. And she's loving not just the business aspect, but she's loving the social piece. Now, the second person is the one who I interviewed for this particular episode. Her name is Jenna Abbott, and she is an independent consultant with Rodan and Fields. I'm sure you've heard of them by now. They are the skincare giant. And they also created the uh, proactive skincare line, the very popular proactive skincare line, which is still significant in the skincare industry today. Now, in addition to being an independent consultant for Rodan and Fields, which is her side hustle, by the way, Jenna has a thriving environmental consulting business. And she is a short-term rental hostess of an Airbnb known as the Green Door Guest House. She is doing her thing, right? She is, she's running a business, which is her main gig, right? She is, she's running a side hustle and she's managing an Airbnb. So she chooses to do this because as you will hear from her directly, she's investing in her future. She's building her wealth. And like many of us, she likes having money. It gives her even more flexibility than she would normally have. So sit back, relax, listen closely, listen intently, and I really hope you get a lot of good information from Jenna's story. Here we go. Hey Jenna, how are you? I'm great, Sabrina. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Excellent. Well, this may seem like a strange question, but there is a reason behind it. So I'm going to ask, how did you start your day today? How did I start my day today? Well, I hurled my carcass out of bed and I took my two standard schnauzers for a walk around the block. That's most mornings that's how I start my day and then I went down and I watered all the plants that we just put into our backyard and put the umbrella up on the patio table and um, came back up here and started my work okay and and how how would you describe just a day in the life of Jenna it's like a, life, a sense of who you are what do you do just on a daily basis just pick any day okay well I've already told you how my day started so what it might go from there is I may um, go down to the state capitol to do some advocacy down there. I will definitely come back and come back to my office at some point during the day and make some phone calls, do a little bit of outreach to the people that I serve in the trade association that I do for my day job. And at some point or another, I will do some work on my side hustle, which is Rodan and Fields. And then I may welcome a guest or two to our Airbnb, depending on whether they're coming or going today. <laughs> you are a busy lady. Yes, absolutely. So with all that going on, do you do anything for yourself? Like how do you make self-care important to you? Um, yes, it is important to me. And I definitely do try to take care of myself. Um, I'm trying to get better at it. I need to go back to yoga is what I really need to do. I say that too. All the t Every month I say I'm going to <laughs> make yoga a part of my life and I have yet to really do it. I need to do yep. it. I'm so, right there with you. So did you find that helped you when you uh, engaged in yoga? I did. Yoga was kind of an interesting thing. I only went because my husband browbeat me into going. And I back from my first class, and my husband said to me, so how did you like it? And I said, I just felt lost my mind. I was laying there in this stupid whatever pose, and all I could think about was all these things that I have to do, and I was just like, I was losing it. And he looked at me, and he said, that, my dear sweet Jenna, is exactly why you need to go. 
your mind is racing too much. So to you, it's like, I can't handle this. I've got too much going on. I don't have time for this. But he's right. Like I, the few times that I have been indulged a bit in yoga, it did kind of help, but it took time. And I'm antsy. I can't sit still and I have too much going on in my head. So I can completely relate to how you're feeling. But one day I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to, I want to be like some of those yogis. <laughs> I want to be able to yeah. put my mind at ease. You know, I think that's when some great creative thoughts come. If once you're able to get to the place where you could be at peace, you know, me too. I have found that it does help me. And, uh, you know, my membership ran out and I just have, I haven't, gotten myself down there to renew it so I just need to do that so maybe I'll take you as my impetus to to get that done <laughs> well first let me actually do it <laughs> so um you mentioned that you've got several things going on right your your day job with your trade association you've got Rodan and Fields you do advocacy work well, what motivates Jenna to get up and move forward every day? Because you can have a lot of things going on. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily inspired by all of them and motivated. So what keeps you going? What gets you up every day? Right. Well, I, Sabrina, I've always been either a builder or a fixer. And I like to do work that is impactful. I think we all do. So for me, what gets me up and going is helping people achieve what they want to achieve. So with regards to, you know, the trade association, um, recycling is something that I'm passionate about and, and it's important to me. And here in California, you know, we tend to be a fairly great green state. But as a country, the United States is actually pathetic when it comes to its recycling. So the fact that I can have an impact at a statewide level, um, interacting with people who recycle and are passionate about recycling and plastic from the ocean and saving sea creatures and leaving a better place for our our next generation that's what gets me up and going in the morning i i love doing things that i know are making a difference hmm. so from each of the things that you reference that you do you're passionate about them so you're pretty much working in areas of great interest to you so it's not like having a job just because you need to or running a business because you need to you, you you're doing certain things that will of course be financially beneficial but you're also doing what you love is that fair to say yeah it is i'm in you know i am an entrepreneur through and through the trade association that i run and i run as a contractor so that gives me the flexibility and ability to do other things and, and it also as a as a contractor and you know a serial entrepreneur if you want to look at it that way it gives me the opportunity to choose things to focus on that I am passionate about. That is lovely. Not many people are in a position um, to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, it definitely takes guts. Yes, it does. All right. So I'm going to focus on Rodan and Fields because that's your entrepreneurial venture, at least one. And I just want to ask, as an entrepreneur with the direct sell business, um, actually, is that a good way to describe it? Is that what you say that you have that you want to direct sell business, or am I saying yeah. it correctly? Okay. No, I mean that's one of the ways it is described. It is direct selling, very much like you know something like Amazon is direct selling. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I've spoken to people over the years about different types of businesses, and for some, there seems to be a stigma associated with direct sell businesses and you know it's their own personal reasons but it, i guess people don't see it as some people i won't say all some people don't see it as truly being your own business what do you say to those people who feel that way well it is your own business i mean i am an independent contractor for rodan and field so i they actually um, take care of doing all of my shipping and all of my back-end office work for me, but I'm responsible for generating my own sales and my own leads and so on. So I, I, it, is, it is my own business. And I think that direct selling or multi-level marketing or whatever else you, you know, these, these things have been called over the years, a few bad ones have ruined a lot of good ones. And I've been asked a bunch of times, probably once a year, every year, since I've been an adult to consider some kind of direct selling business, whether it's Avon or Amway or any of those. And I've always said no. Mm -hmm. 
Rodan and Fields was the first one that I really dug into and I liked everything about it. And why is that? So you said no to the others, but why yes to Rodan and Fields? I couldn't find the gotcha. Okay. And I looked, I looked really hard for the gotchas. So when I started with Rodan and Fields, I was a customer. I didn't want a business. I, I had been using Obagi skincare, which is a high-end clinical skincare for six years. I had a big brown mark on my cheek that I, I would have just about paid anything to get rid of it. Um, and I had been using Obagi to try to get rid of it. And it had faded, but it, it hadn't gone away. So it, long story short, the clinic where I had been buying it got sold and things changed and it was no longer convenient for me to get there. And they hired a snarky little 20-year-old receptionist changed their policies and um, I had a girlfriend who'd been talking to me about Rodan and Fields for probably almost two years it was about 18 months and um, I reached out to her and said I think I'm ready to try those products because I was tired of having to deal with you know it was the receptionist really that did me in because she was just so snooty and um, I liked the fact that the products just showed up at my doorstep I that was super convenient for me I didn't have to run around and pick them up but what I really noticed was three weeks, within three weeks of starting to use the products, again, no intention of selling anything to anybody anytime. I was busy. You know, I had a full-time job plus other things. Um, my friends started noticing hmm. and asking me what I was using, what I was doing differently. One of them asked me if I was pregnant because I was glowing. <laughs> and I, after I stopped laughing and reminded her of my age. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not why I was laughing. <laughs> yeah, well... It was, you know, it was just one of those things. When your friends start to notice, um, you start to pay attention. And then my husband, who is, you know, quite a skeptic, he mentioned also that he was seeing some changes in my skin, that my my brown spot was gone. So six years of using a different, much more expensive product, three weeks of using Rodan and Fields, and my brown spot was gone. Wow. And then when each of my friends, each of those three girlfriends said, well, whatever you're using, I want it too. It was at that point, you know, I had bought a business kit because I wanted, I wanted a bunch of products and that was the least expensive way to get what I wanted. Okay. Uh, so I called up my girlfriend and said, I have some referrals for you. And she said, well, you can refer them to me, but that would be stupid. Mm-hmm. You bought the business kit, just sell them, you know, sell them what they want. Right. Well, so she helped you see the, the financial benefit there. And, and well, how did that work for you? She, she did. I mean, she encouraged me to make the sales. And so I did. And, and frankly, the, the first, I made the sales and I didn't really think much about it. I was not, I still wasn't interested in the business. I thought, well, maybe I can, you know, make enough to cover part of what I put in. Um, and when I got my first paycheck, it was $285. And I was really quite surprised by that number. I thought that was a lot of money for not having done a whole lot. Right. Uh, you know, I talked to, to three people about it, ordered them some stuff. It showed up at their house and they liked it. Um, it was at that point that I sat down and I got out all the paperwork that came with my business kit. And I went on the Internet and I researched, 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 researched. And I couldn't find the downside. Hmm. So at that point, I called up my girlfriend and, you know, I essentially said to her, you and I have been friends for a long time and I trust you. And I need to ask you a question and I need you to be perfectly honest with me because if you're not, I'm going to find out and I'm going to be angry. (laughs) And she said, yes, go ahead. And I said, I need you. I have looked and I cannot find the gotcha in this direct marketing business opportunity. And I need you to tell me where it is. I need you to point it out for me because you've been doing it for five years. So I know that you know where the gotcha is. Right. And she said, Jenna, there is no gotcha. So... After, you know, that conversation was probably an hour long with me grilling her. Uh, Then I phoned a few other people that I knew had been involved in the business or were involved in the business and I talked to them. And then I decided that I would try it for a month on the side and I would see what happened. And my next paycheck was over $800. Wow. And what had been happening in the, in the time in between was people were talking to me about what are you doing with your skin? Like, what's going on with you? Oh, my gosh, where did you get your lash extensions done? Well, I didn't have lash extensions. I was just using our product, our lash, lash serum. Mm-hmm. And they were asking all these different questions about what I was using. And then they were asking if they could buy it. 
So, yeah. So when when others are looking to you to um, for when others are looking to you to see the efficacy of the product, do you speak to them about the business portion of it, or do you just wait to see if they have interest? Um, I almost always mention the business aspect because it is the least expensive way to get your products and potentially make some income, and it's been really good for me. Mm -hmm. uh, if people are strictly looking for products, then absolutely, I'm going to sell them products. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these products are very effective. So, you know, I, I, I pretty much do mention the business, and sometimes people are interested, and sometimes they're not. I, I'm never pushy about the business. Um, I just know how good that it is for me. So I, what kind of a friend would I be if I didn't at least let you know that there's a way to earn some extra money a month? Right. And, and earlier in this conversation, you referenced Rodan and Fields as your side hustle. Yeah. And for some people, um, if it's their side hustle, they may not be very, I guess, invested in it and really give it their all as an entrepreneurial venture. Do you, how, how do you approach it? Because I get the sense that you, you approach it as if it was the main thing, even though you're technically calling it a side hustle. Yeah, well, I call it a side hustle because it's not, I do other things. So for me, it's it's not my main focus, although I know plenty of people for whom it is their main focus. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I'm not offended when people refer to it as my side hustle because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But I do, you know, there there is a system. There are plenty of people who came before me in this business and in various multi-level marketing opportunities. And, you know, there, there are ways... Um, that you, you need to market your business. This is, you, you get out what you put in. So people who think that they're gonna buy a business kit and sit on the sofa and put their feet up and the money's gonna roll in, well, they're, they're gonna be sorely disappointed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I do focus some time on it. I spend about four hours a month on it, um, which isn't a whole lot of time, but I'm very focused in what I'm doing during that time each day. Well, do you feel that the Rodan and Fields company has really helped with that because for four hours a month for what you've referenced was that you generated early on in revenue, that's um, that's very little time for a great return. Do yeah. you, you attribute that to Rodan and Fields? Because I know in a lot of direct sale companies, they offer significant or extensive training to their distributors should I say? Um, so do you feel the same from Rodan and Fields that they've helped with that? They've helped you figure out how to do that? Or is that just Jenna? Jenna's figured it out. No, I think that Rodan and Fields offers great training and, and it's only gotten better over the 28 months that I've been with them. Um, but really, most of the training has come from other entrepreneurs who are also doing the business. One of the things that I love about Rodan and Fields is that it's a very supportive group of mostly women, but some men who are willing to share in a lot of ways, Sabrina, it's, it's like the drapery industry that way, mm -hmm. you know, which is, which is how you and I originally met each other. Right. Uh, it's the, that ability that women, women can be catty. I mean, let's be, let's be real here. <laughs> and one of the things that I really like about Rodan and Fields is that it's not like that. Okay. There's a real, um, you know, I guess system of, if you're doing well, we're all doing well. We want to see you do well. It's like pull up, push up, boost up, you know, praise, help. So, yeah, there's lots of training on the Rodan and Fields platform. And then, you know, the, the woman that I originally talked to about Rodan and Fields, who had been selling for about three years before, you know, my friend that I'd known for 15 years, um, she also helped train me. And when new people come on, one of the things that I like to do is train. So I provide a bunch of the training. Okay, okay. So do you feel as though, because when I think about, so you have your, your line of products, you also think about who your competitors are, you think about who you're targeting your efforts towards. Do you think of, do you think along those lines with the direct sale business as well? Or is Rodan and Fields using their extensive research to say, this is what your audience typically looks like and these are the people you should be talking to? Or is it a combination of both? 
I, I think it's a combination. I mean, the target audience for Rodan and Fields is anybody with skin. <laughs> so that, that gives you a pretty broad audience. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know whether you are aware of this, but the two doctors that developed it, Katie Rodan and Kathy Fields, they're actually the same doctors that developed Proactive Solutions. So this is not yes. their first rodeo. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they we don't talk a lot about who the competition is mm -hmm. because it just doesn't matter. I mean, there, there's plenty of skin to go around for everybody. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so then, so you don't discuss your competitors because you don't feel that you need to, but what makes your line of products unique? There, I think it's the effectiveness of them. Um, you know, 100% of the things don't work for 100% of the people. But I can honestly say that I have only ever seen, you know, one person for whom these products really didn't seem to be working. Um, these products have a very broad base and these doctors have developed, you know, it's basically, they, they still see customers in their dermatology practice in San Jose. And are they, are they partners in their dermatology practice? I think they are. Yeah, I think they are. Um, and you, they're definitely still partners. Um, there's a very long wait to see them. And what they were finding was that they saw four major skin concerns, you know, day in and day out. So anti-aging, acne, sensitivity, and brown spots, mm -hmm. basically dullness and brown spots. So they developed their products to treat those four common um, skin conditions and made it so that you could you could get those products without having to wait the two and a half or three years to see them. Right. So, and originally they launched these products into high-end department stores and then they saw the writing on the wall. They saw Amazon coming down the pipe. They saw all of the, you know, the online selling and they, they saw the way people were moving away from department stores and moving into ordering things on the interwebs. Right. So they were pioneering in that way and ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the only thing that I wish I'd done differently is I wish I'd found it sooner. Hmm. Well, do you find that there's competition amongst other Rodan and Fields business owners? Because I don't know how they determine uh, who they will allow to sell their products, but is it based by based on proximity or not? Because I dabbled once in a direct sell business. It was Cabby. And I actually did love the clothing, but they did look at your zip code and try to make sure they didn't have too many people within the same area, even though everyone's got a different group of friends and a different network, they did kind of take that into consideration. Does Rodan and Fields do the same thing so that you're kind of not cannibalizing from each other? No, they don't. Um, you, as independent Rodan and Fields consultants, you don't have any geographic borders except for the certain countries that we're in. So right now, Rodan and Fields is in Canada, Australia, and the United States. Mm -hmm. So they and they don't tell me just because I live in the you know nine five eight one six that that's the only place I can sell that maybe the five zip codes around me. They tell me that I can sell anywhere in any of the countries that we serve, recognizing that my network is going to be completely different from somebody else's network. So it's, it's actually one of the things that I really liked about it. Um, the fact that I was not constrained by my geography and the other thing that I really liked was that no matter how many sales I make my overhead stays exactly the same every month and I don't I don't know of very many businesses where that's the case right so so in other words in some multi-level marketing companies the more you make the more you have to pay the company right and Red and Fields is not like that, and, and I like that. That was the gotcha that I was looking for, actually. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out how, where is that written into the contract, you know, that I'm going to have to pay more if I make more, mm -hmm. and that's just not the way they work. Right. Wow. Well, this seems like there are a lot of pluses here, you know. Um, I do have a question about the product, though. Does it matter? I mean, you talked about the four main properties that they address anti-aging, acne, sensitivity, and brown spots. Does it matter what your ethnicity is, or I should say your race is? It, it doesn't. I mean, as long as you have skin, these products will work for you, whether you're black, white, Asian, you know, gay, straight, mm -hmm. trans, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. 
I've seen some really amazing results on people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some really amazing results on Caucasian people. You know, I've seen amazing results on men. And men is a, that's, that's a market that we're only just now starting to tap into because men are starting to really care about their skin. Right. So, Do they have a different product line for men? Or they don't. Be, oh, wow. They don't because men have skin. We all have skin. <laughs> we all have this. We all have the same issue with our skin. So just it's so funny you keep bringing me back there. It's skin. It's skin. It's skin. Yeah. It's, well, it doesn't matter what your chromosomes say underneath the skin, you know, and that, that again speaks to race or ethnicity as well. Mm-hmm. None of that matters. What matters is that we're all coated in skin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Jenna, what is your, I mean, I clearly see and I can feel your passion for this business. And... Because you have a history with entrepreneurship, I'm sure you think longer term, right? So it's not just for what the moment, uh, what the what the product line or what the business can do do for you for the moment. So can you share with our listeners what your overall vision is for your business, for your Rodan and Fields business? Yeah, I don't see it going anywhere, ever. Frankly, I mean that's that's the beautiful thing about something like like Rodan and Fields, the product is consumable and it's effective. So people start to use it and then they see the results and they don't want to give it up. So that creates, you know, passive income for me and every other Rodan and Fields consultant. So, and I don't have to stock inventory and I don't have to do returns and I don't have to do deliveries. All of that stuff is handled by Rodan and Fields. So I, I really see it being something that I can keep doing, you know, far into retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been incredibly surprised, you know, by the amount of income that I've been able to generate with this. If you had told me that I could make this kind of money slinging eye cream, I, I'd have laughed at you too. <laughs> well, you know what? It sounds like it's a great opportunity you and it sounds like it could be a great opportunity for many people and they can make of it what they want and I like to talk to entrepreneurs at different phases of their businesses but also entrepreneurs that run different types of businesses to get let people know that there are options because not everyone is able to leave their full-time job to do something that that they may even be passionate about, but this sounds like, you know, it could be something great as a quote unquote side hustle <laughs> and that could turn into something else. Who knows, right? It depends on how much you work at it. As a Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the key right there, Sabrina, you know, this is this kind of, you know, opportunity is you, you get to decide. So if you want to sit back, you know, if you treat it like a hobby, it will pay you like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, it will pay you like a business. So it, and it, it does all depend on you. And, you know, I want to be very clear that this is not a get rich quick scheme. You know, this isn't something that generates money. You, you do without you having to do anything, you do have to work at it. And the people that I know who are successful at it are the ones who are you know, they're, they're happy with the products. They like what they sell. They've seen their own results. They've seen results on other people and they truly want to see people's skin get better. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I would have paid if I'd gone into that dermatology clinic the first time where I bought my, you know, my original products and they had told me it's going to cost you $20,000 to get rid of that brown spot. I'd have figured out how to make that happen because I hated it that much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. It's it's bottom line. It comes down to what's really important to you. So whether it's something with your skin that you deem as a problem, or it's your teeth, or it's a, any body part, whatever it is, if it's important enough to you, you'll you'll make sure that you figure out how you can, I guess, kind of resolve that particular issue. Yes. And I mean, and so to me, I could see how skincare. Well. Personally speaking, skincare is very important. It's always been. It's not that way for a lot of people unless they have a problem. But I don't have a problem, but it's still something that's extremely important to me. And, of course, as we all age, we start to identify all these other things that come up all of a sudden that we need to address. But the interesting thing here is for you, you found something that resolved an issue that you had and you were you know, passionate about it. 
just because of your own personal experiences, but then to parlay that into a business, that's, that's wonderful. And many people can look at that as an opportunity. For sure. And you know, the other thing that I really like about it is they keep developing new products. You know, the, the Lash Serum that came out just as I was entering the business is amazing. Lash Boost is, I mean, my lashes are crazy long. I've they seen, never used to be. Yeah, I've uh, seen the uh, transition and the growth. Yeah. It's, it's that been, post on Facebook. Yeah, thank you. That's actually one of the ways that um, I market a lot is through social media. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the, I think that the key is finding something that you really like that you can stand behind so that when people do give you a hard time about what you're doing, you know, you can say, when you pay my bills, you get to decide. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> That's funny. So in all that we've discussed, I wanted to ask this question, but I think I know the answer to it. Did you struggle in any way to launch this business? You know, so for me, it kind of launched itself. I was never looking to launch this as a business. But when your friends start asking you, you know, what are you using? Where do I get it? Mm -hmm. um, that, that, so it, it kind of launched itself. And then once I realized, oh, it was launched, and now it's up to me to decide whether I want to give it some gas or, you know, let it die on the vine. Um, so I didn't struggle to launch it. it. It kind of took off pretty fast for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I have had discussions with people. I, I recall one discussion in particular with a woman who was saying to me, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why you're doing this. You are a well-known, well-thought-of, powerful businesswoman in Sacramento. Why are you doing a direct marketing thing? I don't, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And my response to her was, you just named all of the reasons why I'm doing it. Mm. I am a powerful well-connected, smart businesswoman in Sacramento. And this is an amazing opportunity for me with a product that people want and potentially a, an amazing business opportunity for them. Um, she is now one of my best customers. After telling me, I will never buy anything from you. There is no way, blah, blah, blah. Well, now, you know, she's like clockwork. She's like, oh, I need my stuff, man. I'm running out. Right. Wow. I think all that you just said it's, it's, it, the statement alone is powerful or the sentences that you statements that you made are just very powerful because you don't have to put limitations on yourself you know you can leverage your success so you're successful in terms of your overall profession you as you mentioned you've got a vast network and you leverage that to continue I mean it's like I don't think there's ever a time when anyone can say, I don't need any more money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't need, I don't need to prepare for later. You know what I mean? Because no one knows what later will bring, but you're leveraging all the, all the things that you've been able to develop over the years professionally and bringing this, um, or adding this to, uh, to what you do. I think that that alone says a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, and the other thing that was really helpful, Sabrina, is that all of these products have a 60 day money back guarantee, even if you use it all and send the bottles back empty. Mm -hmm. So for people who are on the fence or nervous about it, I always say, you know, can you, can you part with the money for 60 days to find out mm -hmm. if, you know, if you can't, I get that. But if you want to try, I mean, and you're skeptical, find out, right. You know, it's, it's risk free. Right. And in the 28 months that I've been doing this, I've had one person, two people actually, return something. One was a woman whose husband completely freaked out that she bought something, you know, for self-care. And she called me in a panic, not knowing what to do. And I said, send it back. It's, it's not worth, you know, the stress in your marriage. Right. And the other one I referenced early in the conversation, I had one customer who said, I bought this product and it is not working for me. What should I do? And I said, send it back. That's why there's the guarantee. Right. Right. Well, like you said, if, if anyone's looking at it um, potentially as a business opportunity, uh, it's risk-free. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. You're right. And that, that's actually a good point. That also includes the business kits, which was, you know, the other thing. I made a note when my business kit arrived because I wanted to make sure that when these products didn't work for me, because I was not convinced that I would make sure that I returned all of the things in my business kit, although I thoroughly intended to use them all before that 60 day time period was up because it did apply to the business kits too. Oh, okay. But as it turned out, that was not the way things went. 
not only did the products work, but they, you know, it, it did turn into a business. So, but it's nice to have that, that safety net. Oh, definitely. I think that makes us all feel good. Even whether it is a, a purchase for a pair of shoes, or it's, a, you know, an investment in your business. If you know that if something's not working for you and you can, you know, have very little risk associated with it, it makes the decision a lot more, um, a lot easier. Exactly. Okay. Well, you mentioned that um, with a former client uh, that the product wasn't working for her, or at least not that, that was the first client, but the one where her husband was, I guess, bothered by her purchasing something for herself that would make her feel better. And it wasn't worth the stress in her marriage. So my question to you is, was your spouse always supportive of you and when you decided to do this did he support this as well yeah john has been incredibly supportive of of everything i've ever wanted to do um now having said that i didn't tell him that i bought a business kit and i was really glad that i beat the fedex man home that day (laughs) and i took the products and i put them you know uh one of the things that i think is the key to a, a a happy marriage is having your own sink and your own, you know, place in the bathroom. So I hid away all of my things mm-hmm. uh, that I just gotten. Um, but within two days, I felt really guilty, and I told him that, you know, I I had purchased Rodan and Fields products. And then I kind of, and he he nodded and said, "Great." And then I said, "Well, I actually I bought the the business kits." And you know, he did kind of side eye me a little bit and said, "Are you seriously going to try to fit something else into your schedule?" And you know, to which I replied, "No." No, I have no intention whatsoever of, of selling anything to anybody. I, I'm just thrifty. You know this about me, and you know which he does. And so he nodded and said, "Okay." And then um, when my friends wanted to purchase, I casually mentioned, "You know, hey, so Tracy and Melanie and Yvonne, like they all bought products, and you know they bought them for me." And he was like, "Okay, so are you running your business now?" And I said, "No, no, I'm just helping out a couple of girlfriends." running a business you know just just helping out a couple of girlfriends it would have been mean of me to say no um and then the next month when their their friends you know friends that i didn't know but friends of theirs reached out to me and said hey whatever you sold those three i want the same thing Hmm. um at that point i decided that i was going to have i I was getting phone calls from people saying can can we go out and have a cup of coffee or glass of wine and and can you tell me about this red and field stuff that you're you're selling so I was out for coffee or wine almost every night of the week. So I decided it would be more efficient for me just to invite a bunch of people over and open a couple of bottles of wine and let them all try it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when John said to me, you are running a business, like you get that, right? Like, <laughs> you, wait, when are we going to like stop lying to each other? And oh, he's like, you're not tricking me. <laughs> exactly. He's like, you know, I was born at night, but not last night. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was at that point that I said, you know, I think I want to give it a little gas and see what it does. And he said, I think that would be great. Was it important for you to have his support? It's always important for me to have his support. Um, yeah, I mean, I I want to do things that make it easier for our family. And I want to do things that, you know, don't inconvenience my husband. So, yeah, it was important for me to that he was supportive of my business. I know women who do this business that don't have supportive spouses, and I do believe that that's harder. It's not impossible, but it's harder. Right. No, it definitely is. And um, I'm in the same boat where I am fortunate to have a spouse who is very supportive. You know, any idea that I have, he's like, just do it. My problems, I talk about it to death, like I'm talking myself into it, (laughs) whatever (laughs) it is even if it's a project or something new that I want to launch with my business, he's always like, just do it, just do it. So that does help because um, I did have a, I do have a family member who was looking at uh, getting into business, but her husband was supportive of the idea, but was not supportive of the financial investment. And therefore she did not do it. And I thought that was a big miss because she let somebody else talk her out of what she really wanted to do. So, you know, I guess it depends on the individual and the, you know, the couple's situation. Yeah. So. But, you know, that, that was the other thing that was nice about this business. The most expensive business kit is under $1,000. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not super expensive to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe it is, my husband is super supportive and, and I'm grateful for that. I mean, he's always supported all of my endeavors. In fact, he left, he went to work for the state of California so that he, we could have steady income um, and, and I could pursue the things that I wanted to pursue. Wow. So that's God bless. Yeah. God bless a good man, right? Yes, that is for sure. That's very impressive. Well, before I start to close out, I do have to touch on one thing because you clearly, without stating it, but you demonstrate it, you're clearly a believer in multiple streams of income Absolutely. because I have I have taken a look at your social media account. I mean, I don't even have to because I see what you post regularly and you shared that you recently opened up an Airbnb. And I just said, you are truly like someone who just... You see something, you just do it, and you've got multiple streams that are active. And I, I just think that's wonderful. You're not reliant upon any one thing. And just from your postings along the way during the renovations for your Airbnb, clearly you are, again, passionate about this as well. So even though each of these business ventures are different, you are. it seems as though you are living out your passion in each, in each respect. Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, the Airbnb was never supposed to be an Airbnb. That was, you know, again, not something that we set out to do. But by the time we pulled all the permits and paid all the money and, you know, did all the things, um, we were looking at a break even of seven years on that little guest house with a regular renter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, a friend of ours said, hey, you should look at Airbnb. So we did. But yeah, I mean, it's I am a big believer in multiple streams of income. I have watched a lot of friends of mine who had what they thought were very solid jobs and, you know, a lot of tenure with companies come home on a Friday with no job. Right. And that is terrifying. So for me, you know, I want to make sure that I have control of my destiny. So for my whole career, I have worked for other people building them amazing things or fixing things that other people had broken. And when I left, all of my work stayed with them. And it always kind of grinded me, you know, someone else would take credit for the things that I had done five minutes after I left. Mm -hmm. Well, what I like about entrepreneurship, although you're right, it can be a bitch. I mean, it's, it's not easy and you have to be committed to it. But what I love about it is that it is mine. Mm-hmm. My Rodan and Fields income and what I build with that is mine and nobody is going to take that from me. You know, right. that that Airbnb, that is mine and nobody's right. going to take that from me. Mm-hmm. So my consulting business, I work for other people, but when I go, my work goes with me. Right. Well, you clearly, I, I would assume just based on your life and your time in business overall, whether it was working for someone else starting out early on in your careers, in your career throughout time, you've learned that, right? So all that you just shared, you've learned that the take the takeaway from me is that you need to have your own. And that's actually what led me to leave corporate, right? In addition to having two babies and, and going, how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> right? this, is, this is a lot. How am I supposed to, you know, grow my career as well as travel for for the corporation I was working with and take care of two kids that were five years apart. So, um, but along the way, and it was primarily when I was in business school, I said, you know what, there's a problem with me working this hard for someone else. And it's a problem trying to, um, you know, brainstorm to, how, to figure out how to grow their businesses and literally manage someone else's business. And then I can't complain about salaries I made along the way or bonuses that I got along the way but the bottom line is I always felt like you've got to always prove your worth why aren't you kind of doing that along the way I can do this for myself you know what I mean right. I always have something that I'm building for me as well as for my family and that's right. the biggest thing with entrepreneurship for me and as I talk to more and more entrepreneurs that seems to be kind of a recurring um, thought um, that that's kind of disclosed you know? Yeah, I do. It's it, it. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you don't build your own dream, someone will hire you to build theirs. Exactly. Exactly. It, this is just, you know, and, and Rodan and Fields for me is one more piece in that puzzle. Mm-hmm. And 
I like having the option. You know, I, I look at the women who have done really well with it, and I try to find the differences between them and me. I don't really see a lot of differences. So what that tells me is I could do that if I wanted to, and I like having that option. You right. know, right now, I'm happy to side hustle it, but I also know that if I decided I wanted, you know, to full-time hustle it, that I could do that. Right. So with that, what advice, you know, because this kind of leads into this part of our discussion, what advice would you give new entrepreneurs, or at least someone who's considering entrepreneurship, whether it's through a direct sell business or not? What yeah. do you give them? Um, do your research. Don't jump into things blindly. Don't be tempted by things that sound, you know, like they're going to make you a million dollars overnight. Mm. Those things are usually BS. Right. Um, you know, do your research. Um, explore your market. Figure out if you have a, a product or a service that you want to offer, figure out who else is offering that product and service and go talk to them. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you need to figure out as an entrepreneur whether or not there's going to be enough food on the table because you only get to eat what you kill. <laughs> so doing your, your upfront, you, launching your business is the easy part. It's all of the getting ready that really takes the time. So that's the advice that I would give is make sure you're ready. It's like a paint job, right, Sabrina? Mm -hmm. Like the key to a good paint job is all the prep work. Right. So take your time, do your research, but at the same time, you know, you, you don't talk yourself out of it. If you have a dream and you have a passion and it's something that you think you can make a go at it, I think you owe it to yourself to give it a try. Right. You know, and then once you launch your business, don't be afraid to alter your course. Mm, yeah. You know, a lot of this is you need to adapt. A lot of businesses fail because they get in, they get launched, and then they're, you know, they get very single-minded into, well, this is what I wanted to launch and I, you know, I, I can't, I can't not do it this way. Right. Well, it, it's adapt or die. So, you know, so once you've launched your business, it's like ready, fire, aim all the time. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And so this advice would apply to someone who's considering a direct sell model business as well? Yeah, absolutely. Do your research. There are a lot of direct sell models and, and opportunities out there. And if that's something you're interested in, there are some really good ones, but do your research and figure out what it is. Make sure that you understand how the compensation works. Make sure that you understand what your financial obligation to the company is. Mm -hmm. Ask all the questions, and then when you've asked them all, ask them all again. You know, a good legitimate company, direct sale or otherwise, will always take the time to give you the straight goods on what they've got. And that's one of the things that is the major thing that I found with Rodan and Fields. That's the reason I said yes to it, because they were willing to answer my questions and they posted their income disclosure statements online. Not a lot of direct selling companies do that. That's for sure. Yeah. So you can Google and find out what the average incomes are for all of the different levels of Rodan and Fields. A lot of other companies won't do that. Right. So, you know, ask your questions and, and make sure that you understand what you're getting into and, and figure out what your escape route is. You know, if you get in there and you don't like it, how do you get out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Ms. Jenna Abbott, I really appreciate your candor during this interview. And I think that your openness is, is going to help so many other people and it'll help inspire them to figure out if you know, one is is entrepreneurship for them, but two, if they're not really ready to be on their own, they know they have an option and that the direct sell model can be something they can consider. And if they're into skincare, it can be Rodan and Fields, right? Yeah, come on, I'm ready, yeah. You know what, anyone who, if anyone contacts you, Sabrina, wanting to know more of your audience, mm -hmm. feel free to put them in touch with me. You know, I, I'm a no pressure, no kind of BS kind of girl. So um, almost everybody knows somebody who sells Rodan and Fields, but a lot of people want to tell, talk to someone else about it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, feel free to connect anyone up with me who's interested. Well, definitely. Well, feel free. Right, right, oh, sorry. Right now you can share how people can get in touch with you, but I will also include links to, to access, say, your social media profiles and anything else you want me to share with them. I will do so in the show notes at, on my website, but feel free to disclose right now how people can get in touch with you. 
Yeah, for sure. So the best way to reach me is either probably my email address, which is Jenna A. Abbott at Gmail. So that's J-E-N-N-A-A-A-B-B-O-T-T at gmail.com. So Jenna, my middle initial, and then my last name, Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best way to reach me about it. Okay. And yeah. All right. Then I'll be certain to put that information in the show notes. And again, just thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing your journey. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And if you're going to link to my Facebook profile, they can always message me through Facebook too. Great. I will definitely do so. Well, thank, thank you, Sabrina. You so much, Jenna. My pleasure. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, you too. Take All care. right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So in wrapping up this episode, I want you to consider a few things. Start by thinking about what is it that you really want? What do you want out of a business? And why do you want to start a business? If it is to just bring in additional funds into your household, fine, acknowledge it and state that that's what it is. And then you look at the pros and cons of an MLM versus a traditional business. Think about what capacity you have in your life to start a business. Because starting a traditional business is serious. It takes a lot of resources and it takes a lot of time. An MLM will take time, but it'll have training and and resources and you'll have the support that you, like the ready-made support that you may seek at the time that you're um, getting into this. And the bottom line is do your research either way. And then determine with everything in front of you, you can make an informed decision and determine what's right for you. And if you decide that a traditional business is a direction in which you like to proceed, I want you to know that there are resources available to assist you. One of which I established and is called Ask an MBA. And this is a resource that supports entrepreneurs and meets them where they are. Our expertise is in marketing, branding, and digital advertising. And we have services available in different increments whether it's 90-minute sessions or full day uh, of planning. So for the 90-minute session, that's really geared towards the individual who's working on a particular project and just has questions that they need answers to around those specific areas. It could be in reference to any marketing tactics such as podcasting, Instagram uh, growth, Facebook group management, Facebook development, digital advertising, even branding, strengthening your brand message, determining what your brand personality is. Or you might be ready to really focus on mapping out a plan, a plan of action for the next six months in your business. For that, I'd recommend the full day of marketing planning and marketing strategy sessions. And we literally devote six hours to just working on your business to help you determine what your moves are going to be over the course of the next six months and it's very detailed. Essentially we're providing the expertise that you need when you need it. And I created Ask an MBA because I reflected on a time in business when I needed assistance or guidance or support and just an entity to ask questions of when I was diving into a specific area of business. And I've hired coaches and I've joined masterminds. And masterminds for about a year, coaching sessions, you know, committed to either three or six months periods. And I'm not saying you don't need those every now and then, but this would be a great alternative. So I created Ask an MBA because I didn't always want to have that level of commitment to those entities. Instead, I longed for something that could be available to me when I had a question, right? Or I just wanted to dive further into one particular area. And since my expertise is in marketing, branding, and digital advertising, I know that there's a need for entrepreneurs out there for the same type of service that I wish I had. So I created it. So if you find that you are in need of expertise in marketing, branding, or advertising, reach out. 
Again, you commit only to what you are able to commit to. If you just have a few questions because you're working on a specific project, then the 90-minute session will be perfect for you. If you know that you would really want to map out the next six months, especially because the new year is upon us, and you want to approach it with some, some push behind you and some drive behind you and really know where you're headed, then the full day marketing planning and marketing strategy sessions will be for you. So know that you are not in business alone. We are able to support your greatest needs with respect to marketing, branding, and digital advertising. So if you need us, connect with us at askanmba.com. I'll be certain to put the link in the show notes. So again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Till next week, take care. Thank you for hanging with me on the Entrepreneurship is a Bitch podcast. I hope that you continue to be inspired to grow your business and live your life to the fullest. I'd love to hear your thoughts on my content. So head over to entrepreneurshipisabitch.com and let's talk. Till next week, this is Bree Cobb signing off. Love the business you build and the life you create.